Hey there, welcome to episode 124 of Girl Take the Lead, where each week we explore womanhood and leadership, and I'm your host, Yo Kenny. In episode 123, we put forward some questions that Brene Brown offered us that I had to just research. She called it wholehearted adult play. And I was really struck by this. Like, play? Do I play? <laughs> Do I play enough? What is play anyway? I kind of got terrified that I wasn't fun or playing in my life, so I had to do a little research. So I found there's an actual National Institute for Play, which is a nonprofit public benefit corporation dedicated to advancing society's understanding and application of play a long-ignored biological capability that can lead to healthier, happier lives. So here we find ourselves again talking about happiness, which I think is good for all of us. I also think that the best bosses I had were very playful. One of them was so good at it, she did a side gig as a stand-up comic. It was quite good. And here's what I found at the National Institute of Play, or NIFP. They define play as a state of mind that one has when absorbed in an activity that provides enjoyment and a suspension of sense of time. And play is self-motivated, so you want to do it again and again. So that's a pretty good definition because I tend to think of play as, well, what is it for adults? Because children do it a certain way and there's structured games and sports, so I wanted to dig in a little bit more. NIFP was founded by Dr. Stuart Brown and dedicated most of his career to the study of human play, what it is, how it affects our health, and the devastating consequences if it is suppressed. His early scholarly research on violence, 35 years of clinical practice, independent scholarship, and rich relations with play scholars have convinced him that we are built to play and built by play. Okay. And you might also like to know that Jane Goodall is on the NIFP board. Yes, the same Jane Goodall, who is the world's best-known woman scientist and has received many honors for her pioneering work in primatology and was recently selected as humanitarian of the year by the United Nations. And I always picture her smiling when she's playing with her chimpanzees. <laughs> Don't you? It looks like a lot of fun. Peter Gray, who's often cited on this NIFP site, is an American psychology research and scholar. And he states that the characteristics of play all have to do with motivation and mental attitude not with the behavior itself. So two people might be throwing a ball or typing words on a computer, and one might be playing while the other is not. <laughs> I'm sure we've seen that, right? Someone is just suffering and they're supposed to be playing. To tell which one is playing, we have to infer from their expressions and the details of their actions. So how do we know play when we see it? On the surface, a person at play looks lost in the moment, absorbed in what they're doing, 
focused on the activity without paying attention to anything else. We might not know the evolution provided the biology which enables these simple rich pleasures because play is a state of being. When we become engrossed, time seems to stop. They might say they're having fun, relaxing, or in the zone. And that feeling is called the play state. The play state begins in the midbrain, like hunger, fear, and caring. When you encounter something playful, neurons in our midbrain light up. They start a cascade of connections that light up neurons across the brain and create a play state. I think mine are doing that right now because I'm having a lot of fun doing this episode. So this means our play is unique to us. The situations that trigger our play states are individual preferences determined by our brain wiring at birth and our early life experiences. Our play state may be triggered by an object, another person, an activity, or a combination of these. The triggers are different for everyone. There are many triggers that are common to most everyone. We all respond positively to some things like a puppy or even a baby laughing. These are brief, playful moments. One way they offer us to look at play on this site is that it is not necessarily all or none. Play can be from zero to 100%. They suggest that the adjective playful is often more useful than the noun play, which tends to be interpreted as an all or nothing situation. People can, to varying degrees, bring a playful attitude or playful spirit, and pure play or 100% playful is more common in children <laughs> than in adults. We don't have the metrics for the, these things, but let's say you were writing a book and you'd say it was about 80% play. That percentage varies, right? It decreases when we worry about deadlines or how critics might evaluate it, and it increases when we're focused only on the current task or the researching of it. And I thought this point was most interesting by Brian Sutton Smith. The opposite of play is not work. It's depression. Hmm. Brian Sutton Smith was a play theorist who spent his lifetime attempting to discover the cultural significance of play in human life, arguing that any useful definition of play must apply to both adults and children. But when it comes to children play, it's critical because very few of the neurons in the upper brain, our cortex, are connected at birth. It takes activation from the environment to create those connections. Play is a way to establish new connections. It primes the cortex for the development of the neural pathways that create our physical, social, emotional, and cognitive capabilities. So. The more often children are in a play state, the more new brain circuits form and build their skills. Playing literally wires the brain for the skills we use our whole lifetime. 
physical agility, social confidence, emotional regulation, creativity, and resilience. So, listeners, you got to play with those children, those grandchildren you might have, or the children that you currently running all around and being noisy for you or are in the car with you as you listen to this. You got to play with them. As adults, time spent in the play state also increases our resilience. It activates neural pathways in the brain that mitigate the effects of stress. Play has been scientifically studied and shown to contribute to the optimal development and stable well-being of humans throughout life. So let's play, right? Oh, yeah. Donald Hebb, a Canadian psychologist who was influential in the area of neuropsychology, where he sought to understand how the function of the neurons continued to psychological processes such as learning, says that neurons that fire together, wire together. This site also talks about different kinds of play. And it's good to know, I think, that there isn't one universal kind of play. So the first one they state is free play, an activity someone chooses for themselves simply because they want to do it. That is, the activity is intrinsically motivated. The person is doing the activity for the internal satisfaction experienced from the activity versus doing the activity for an external reward like money or to gain someone's approval. They may be, to varying degrees, playful, but they are not, by objective definition, play or free play. NIFP and Dr. Brown reserve the word play for an activity that includes all of Dr. Peter Gray's five elements of play. One, it's self-chosen and self-directed. Two, intrinsically motivated. Three, structured or ordered based on rules in the player's mind. Four, imaginative or has a creative aspect. And five, there's a playful state of mind. The player is very engaged, alert, mentally active, and focused on the activity, but is not stressed about the activity. They have no fear of judgment, and there are no consequences that matter outside of the activity itself. And I think um, they make the point, too, that free play is most common in children. They are far less constrained by the responsibilities that accumulate as we grow older. In free play, children follow what naturally engages them, and I think that's why we like watching it so much. In adult, playfulness most often blends with other attitudes and motivations having to do with adult responsibilities. Adult activities can be quite playful, and there can be a great deal of internal satisfaction felt from those activities. However, adults seldom, if ever, get to the 100% playful state that happens so often in childhood. The degree to which an activity is engaging self-chosen, self-directed, internally motivated, and internally rewarding contributes to a subjective sense of how playful the activity is. An activity that meets all five of the criteria I just mentioned fully is 100% playful or what we can call play. Again, there are no objective, repeatable, measurable metrics for these factors, but generally, if an activity meets many of them, 
and it is something that one wants to do again and again, then those activities put us in what Dr. Brown had in mind when he talked about play. The second type of play is mixed age play. And we know that play can be solitary, like reading, collecting, or creating, or it can be social. And there can be groups of players, which can be of similar ages or skill levels. But when children of different ages or skill levels are playing together, it is referred to as mixed age play. And it's qualitatively different from same age play. In mixed play, each child tries to do their best, but has little or no concern for beating others. With adults who are playing, mixed skill levels enable the less skilled adults to learn from those more skilled. Hmm, interesting. And the third type of play is adult-directed play, which is basically children's activities which adults direct. And it can be playful and fun, but since it's not self-chosen or self-directed, they are not fully play. And a lot of times the kids are not bought into what the activities are that the adults are trying to get them to play. (laughs) So I'm not sure that would qualify for this definition. Okay, so why is play more than just fun? At the NIFP, researchers have found that play produces a sense of belonging and community. Dr. Brown has found that empathy, flexibility, lightheartedness, optimism, and a hope for the future are the byproducts of play experiences in childhood. The site asks this question, the same one that kind of got me going. When was the last time you really played? You know, you had that feeling like you had as a kid when you were joyfully throwing yourself into new experiences and truly let your imagination run wild and had no real expectation of an outcome. And they say, like probably most adults, it's been probably a while. Yeah, I know. That's what got me going for this, right? I was thinking, when was I last so childlike? But then as I got into this, I realized, oh, there's just varying degrees of it. And it's okay if it's not 100%. Good! As we stated, the NIFP suggests we are built to play and built through play. Researchers have found that playing energizes us lifts us out of the mundane, eases our burdens, renews our optimism, and opens up new possibilities. It's a catalyst for exploring new behaviors, thoughts, strategies, and ways of being. And it allows us to see things in a different way and stimulates our brains for learning, growth, and creativity. No wonder Brene Brown encourages us to explore wholehearted adult play and take time to goof off. And there was something about play and rest that Brene said recently, and it was, it takes courage to say yes to rest and play in a culture where exhaustion is seen as a status symbol. Mm. So again, I think we can all be the manager or leader 
that brings a sense of joy, play, and lightheartedness. And most of all, laughter, right? So before we end today, there was just one more thing I wanted to bring you, and I hope you're a Ted Lasso fan. It's from an article called Don't Forget to Have Fun and was posted on May 3rd, 2022 by Heather Ross, a podcaster. And I'll have all the links to this and the NIFP site in case you want to research and play a little bit more. Here's what Heather had to say. There's a scene in an episode during the second season of Ted Lasso where Roy Kent, oh my gosh, who cannot just love Roy, but he's talking to Isaac about the problems Isaac has been having on the pitch side since becoming the team captain. He's taken him to a park at night where a group of young men and women are playing soccer and tells him to play with them, saying, I brought you here to remind you that football is an effing game that you used to play as a effing kid because it was fun. Even when you were getting your effing legs broken or your effing feelings hurt. So F your feelings, F your overthinking, F all the bull stuff. Go back out there and have some effing fun. And Isaac has a lot of fun playing that night and he brings that joy of the game back with him to the team back to being a great player and leader. And, and if you you love Roy, you got to see that I found one of the links to this in YouTube that you might want to check out because he's such a great character. And let's all remember that most things are games. And there are lots of things in life like that. And as Heather said, we start doing something because it's fun, but then we forget And it becomes work, all work, and no play. And let's remember to enjoy ourselves and to go back out there and have some effing fun. (laughs) And here's some fun music. (laughs) Here you go. Enjoy. Thanks for listening today, and we sure hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave a comment where you listen to your podcasts. Tell a friend about us. Join our public Facebook group, Girl Take the Lead, or visit our website, girltaketheleadpod.com. We also have a YouTube channel where your subscription would be appreciated, where you can see videos to go with the episodes. And once you're on YouTube, search at Girl Take the Lead. We've also expanded into YouTube music where you can see video there of some of our podcasts. Here are three takeaways from today's episode. One, according to the NIFP, play is defined as a state of mind 
that one has when absorbed in an activity that provides enjoyment and a suspension of a sense of time. And play is self-motivated, so you want to do it again and again. Two, very rarely do we play as adults at 100%, which I found freeing and hope you did too, but we can be playful, and playful can be like from 1% up to 100 So let's go with playfulness. And three, we are built to play and built through play. It energizes us and lifts us up, renews our optimism and opens us up. And I think most importantly, allows us to see things in a different way and stimulates our brains for learning, growth, and creativity. The next episode will be about Susie Moore's book, Let It Be Easy. I'm kind of on a roll here for January. Like we did our intentions as episode one, two, three, and now we've talked about play and now we're going to talk about let's making it easy. I had the opportunity to hear Susie with Kathy Heller. And in case you don't know, Kathy, she's a creator and host of the podcast, Don't Keep Your Day Job, and has one of the biggest, most engaged audiences in podcasting. And I loved what Susie had to say about simple ways to stop stressing and start living. Seems like we'd create space to lead others if we did that. So thanks for being here. Talk to you soon. Bye.